The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of world peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Last night in a Fox News town hall, Sean Hannity asked Donald Trump twice, coaching him along as he often does in these interviews, if Trump planned to abuse his power if elected to a second term. Trump told the Iowa audience he would not be a dictator except for on his first day in office. I want to be very, very clear on this. To be clear, do you in any way have any plans whatsoever if reelected president to abuse power, to break the law, to use the government to go after people? You mean like they're using right now? So in the history of our country, what's happened to us again has never happened before. Under no circumstances, you are promising America tonight. You would never abuse power as retribution against anybody. Except for day one. Except what? He's going crazy. Except for day one. Meaning? I want to close the border and I want to drill, drill, drill. That's not not retribution. Again, he's saying now just explicitly, I'm going to do a bunch of stuff on day one. And if anybody believes it's going to end in day one, I've got a bridge to sell you across the river here. So this is what we're hearing from Donald Trump more and more. And it's the reason we're hearing more and more from Joe Biden about the dangers of a potential second term. If any other politician in American history were asked the question, are you going to be a dictator? (laughs) No. Donald Trump never answered it. Mm -hmm. He never answered it. And when he said, and I just want, there's a sickness. There is a sickness among, unfortunately, some of our fellow Americans regarding authoritarianism and totalitarianism. They want it. Mm -hmm. Because, Willie, when he promised that he would be a dictator on day one, he got applause. and And make no mistake of it, a large chunk of those people in that audience cheering when Donald Trump said, I'll be a dictator on day one. Well, they want that. If you saw any of the clips last night, Trump's remarks on the Hannity show, you and you're a regular viewer of this show, you knew there would be plenty of content for another morning meltdown. You just saw it right there. He was he was explicit, Donald Trump. He was explicit. And don't you love the way Joe says totalitarianism? They are, the heads are explicit. They've been saying for the last month now, they've been saying that Trump is a dictator and Trump being the troll he is, he makes those remarks last night knowing full well that this would dominate the news cycle this morning. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show. You can get to the live video stream of this show at TrumpetDaily.com or over at the Rumble channel. Just go to Rumble.com forward slash live. Make sure you give us the thumbs up. Leave a nice comment if you join the Rumble conversation. Help those ratings to continue to move uh, upward. Lots and lots to get to on today's show. People people in the audience, just to go back to um, Joe's explosion there, people in the audience are applauding because... 
like Donald Trump says, we've been living under a totalitarian dictatorship and they want to see it come to an end. You know, the two things that, that Trump said he would do on day one, he's a, he's a one day dictator. And by the way, how many dictators get on national TV and say, I'm going to be a dictator. I'm running. This should be his, just to be the complete troll all through the election cycle. His new slogan should be make American dictators great again. Mag, what is it? Madga. Make dictators great again. I'm running to be a dictator. And all that he said in those comments took him five minutes, said Joe. Took him five minutes to answer it. He said, I want to close the border. And Joe even acknowledged that most Americans agree with him on on that. (laughs) I want to close the border and I want to start drilling. And then Joe said, but we're already drilling. We're drilling more than the Saudis. So these are the two I guess the two points of his one-day dictatorship, and he's got widespread support for both. For both. For a month now, as, as you've seen on this program, they've been saying Trump is a dictator, Trump is a dictator, Trump is a dictator. Then he messes with them last night, and they scream. They scream. See, we were right. We were right. He certainly is a dictator. Listen to CNN's reaction to those remarks last night, clip 14. A dictator for a day. Donald Trump in Iowa last night offered ample ample opportunity by a friendly host and audience to make clear he won't lean into his authoritarian tendencies if he wins the election. Also in all of that asked about being a dictator. Politico's take on it all, a presidential front runner idly musing about being a dictator even for a day is not normal stuff. Hey, where Sean Hannity tried a few times to get Donald Trump to deny that if he were elected in 2024 to the White House, that he would not abuse presidential power. He would not use the government to go after his political enemies. But Donald Trump did not take the opportunity to do that. Here's I mean, more. Donald Trump has completely or completely deflected last night from answering that question. Instead, he joked about being a dictator and tried to flip the script and put it on Joe Biden, arguing that Biden is the one abusing his power. And point- Any plans to abuse power, break the law, or go after people? And here's the thing, Van, we timed it. He didn't answer that question for five minutes. For five wow. minutes, he obfuscated didn't give a yes or a no for five minutes. And when he finally did answer, the answer was dictator on day one. This is a very easy question. It's a simple yes or no question. And there was an opportunity to to set the record straight, to tell people, I do not plan to do this. I plan to follow the law. I plan, he didn't do it. There's not a single human being on earth that would take more than five seconds to answer a question like that the right way. He couldn't get it right in five minutes. Mm, For five minutes, he obfuscated. (laughs) Five minutes? Five minutes. Liz Cheney, she's she's been all over the news advertising her book. She wants to make her millions. She probably won't sell hardly any, but that's another story, I guess. She's leading the charge. She's saying she may enter the race just if it takes some votes away from Donald Trump. That's how passionate she is about stopping Trump. I mean, these people, like I said yesterday, are sick in the head. They are brain sick people. They've got Trump on the brain (laughs) 24-7. And to his credit, uh, Donald Trump knows how to push their buttons. 
He sure does. Here he is dominating the news cycle again for nothing. For, for saying I'm going to be a, a one-day dictator and close the border and start drilling again. Listen to these never-Trumpers as they go on and on about, I guess, uh, Adolf Trump, the dictator. This is clip uh, nine. How should voters interpret this? I mean, how seriously should they take this? I think when somebody tells you who they are, you should believe them. The usual thing, a strong man comes on the scene and you don't have a democracy anymore. That's happening in countries around the world. It could happen here. He's trying to be cute. He's trying to be clever. That's what his people who like him think. But if you had somebody who was in a position of power, your boss or your, your, your clergy member, whatever, who talked about power the way he does, you'd be very concerned. You should be concerned about America today. That, that he himself is trying to unravel democracy. In term, you said if voters return to the White House, there may not be any more elections to, to vote in. I mean, it, the pushback is that that's alarmist. It's hyperbolic. There are institutional guardrails that would prevent that. Yeah, and I, I think it's naive um, and a real misreading of what we've lived through to think that we can count on the guardrails that we have in place. Donald Trump tried to seize power in 2020. And, and people need to take seriously and literally what he's saying, which is that he would, in fact, uh, unravel our democracy, potentially terminate the Constitution. Uh, it's, it's a risk we can't take. Communists said fascists are unusually successful at propaganda, turning things around, confuse, confusing the, the electorate, confusing the American people. You look at Donald Trump now. Look at corruption. Right. Well, Not you just see what, what the... Donald Trump has yeah. done, but look what... All of the right-wing media has done. They have gotten a son that had problems with crack. They have chased down every lead they could chase down. They make fools of themselves time and time again. But it has worked. They're lying about the corrupt Biden family. Repeating this lie, this fascist attempt, this fascist lie over and over and over again. You look at the polls, it's worked. So now half of Americans see Joe Biden as corrupt as Donald Trump, when of course it's such a, we could list it for four hours, it is such a preposterous argument. And yet because fascists are so good at propaganda, it's actually working. But when you have the power of the congressional bully pulpit and you look at the ways in which media has miscovered this issue along the way, you could see that that narrative has traveled into the mainstream, that there are a lot of independent voters, there are a lot of Democrats who also seem to believe that Joe Biden is corrupt. And so the issue becomes much more muddy than it should be. Half of America believes the Biden family is corrupt because of fascist propaganda because of a Trump narrative, so says the morning meltdown team. So all, we just learned this week that Joe Biden, that would be the president, you know, his brother's in on it, his, fam his whole family was on the take. Tens of millions of dollars, upwards of 50 million, said Nancy Mace. So they're receiving monthly payments, monthly cash payments wired directly into the big guy's account, assuming Joe Biden's the big guy. But you're not, to, you're not to believe any of that. That is just propaganda. That is fascist propaganda. And it's fueled by Donald Trump. 
And this is why half of America thinks the Biden family is corrupt. Listen to James Comer, the latest revelations on the Biden crime family. This is clip 12. Hunter Biden's legal team and the White House's media allies claim Hunter's corporate entities never made payments directly to Joe Biden. We can officially add this latest talking point to the list of lies. Today, the House Oversight Committee is releasing subpoenaed bank records that show Hunter Biden's business entity, Owasco PC, made direct monthly payments to Joe Biden. This wasn't a payment from Hunter Biden's personal account, but an account for his corporation that received payments from China and other shady corners of the world. At this moment, Hunter Biden is under an investigation by the Department of Justice for using a Wasco PC for tax evasion and other serious crimes. And based on whistleblower testimony, we know the Justice Department made a concerted effort to prevent investigators from asking questions about Joe Biden. I wonder why. Money coming from the CCP into the Owasco front company, and then from there directly into Joe Biden's bank account. All of this corruption, whoa, knock my coffee over. All of this corruption, I've got to watch my gestures. All this corruption, Hunter's laptop, and, and on and on it goes. Don't even question it, don't even look into it. It's just a Trump narrative say, the regime media, uh, the, the spokesperson at the White House was asked about these latest revelations, the monthly payment plan that Joe Biden was on with the CCP. And, and lit, she's asked about it, this reporter, and then notice how she responds. This is clip 13. The White House has said repeatedly that the president and his son were never in business together. They've said that repeatedly also in this room. Um, According to bank records obtained by the House Oversight Committee, though, uh, one of Hunter Biden's businesses, Osawa PC, set up direct payments to the president. Uh, did the president accept payment? And why would there be such an arrangement if they were never in business together or if there was a wall of separation, as the president has previously said? So I have to be uh, clear with you. I, I have not seen that report, so I would have to refer you to my colleagues over at the White House Counsel's Office on that particular question. All right, everyone. I'll see some of you in Boston or on Wednesday. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. There's your obfuscation. She doesn't even answer it. And that's the, that's the whole approach that they've taken. And, and you've heard me before go on and on about the committee even looking into it. And that there's, there's generally just no teeth there. We've been a year into it, the Republicans in charge, and pretty much all that we get is a hearing and then maybe a good soundbite or two, but no one's held to account. Trump comes along and says, I'm gonna do this day one. People are applauding. And, and Scarborough thinks it's because they're fascists they are, they are sick and tired of the corruption, of the fact that no one is held to account. This, this border invasion, by the way, Trump mentions that on day one. Where's the clip where they're just streaming across the border? This is, uh, I think, clip eight. Uh, let me make this perfectly clear. The immigration system has been broken for decades, and our Department of Homeland Security has been underfunded for years and years. And President Biden uh, has addressed both issues uh, with strength from day one, advice. But let's let's get to the root mm -hmm. of what Governor Pritzker's 
uh, challenge is, is that we have another governor in another state that is not cooperating and coordinating with either federal or other local authorities and is unilaterally sending migrants to cities uh, in uh, what I think is an abdication of governance responsibility. You're talking about Greg Abbott? I am indeed. In the past two years, well, over what? 6,000 illegal immigrants from Afghanistan have crossed our southern border, along with 3,000 Egyptians, more than 600 Iranians, you know, Iran, the number one state sponsor of terror, more than 500 Syrians, 12,000 Russians, and a whopping 26,000 people from, the, from China. This is a dire national security crisis. I love you, Joe Biden. Thank you for everything, Joe Biden. I'm a good person. I want to be a good person here in the United States. I came here because I want quality life. Here in Lukeville, we are quite literally in the middle of nowhere. Two and a half hours to the closest major city. Thousands are crossing here illegally every day, and the situation is completely unsustainable. We'll step out, give you a look at the scene here. This is a mass of hundreds upon hundreds of people who have crossed the border illegally and are camping out here at the border wall waiting to be apprehended by border patrol you'll quickly notice these are all single adult men there is not a single woman or child in this group you're looking at and these guys are coming in from all over the world large amounts of african men from senegal from guinea from mauritania from egypt others from the middle east others from asia this is Border Patrol's Tucson, Arizona sector, which just had 17,500 illegal crossings last week alone. That is the highest weekly total ever recorded. They're coming from the Middle East, from Central Africa, from Asia, obviously Central and South America, all over the world. They're coming from China. They're coming from Afghanistan. They're coming from Iran, as Hannity said there. And, and even Scarborough concedes that most in the country today, America that is, would support closing the border on one day. On one day. So why won't Joe Obama do it? Why won't the dear leader do it? Because it's all part of the fundamental transformation. It's all part of the plan. America's being invaded. America is under attack. All single men? No women and children in the mix? What is going on? Fundamentally transform the United States. America under attack. Make sure you, make sure you request a copy of this book if you don't have it already. I know most of you do. But if you're new to the show, this is a, a must read right here. The 800 number, one 930 3024 No wonder people in the audience are cheering, cheering the thought of Donald Trump returning to office and putting in place some of the same policies that he did during his first term. He, his resume is right there with him. How he ruled, for example, and, and, and the fact that people don't think he ruled with an iron fist. He wasn't a dictator. You can see why they're cheering. Because they see the corruption. I mean, look at what the FBI or the DOJ are preoccupied with, who they're going after, targeting parents, targeting Christians, targeting MAGA, targeting anyone but those people coming in from Central Africa, from the Middle East, from China, from South America, Venezuela. 
Chris Ray was asked, this was, again, yet another hearing. They go before the hearings or the committees every few months, and we just shake our heads in disbelief, but nothing happens, nothing changes. He was asked why, from Senator Kennedy, why they didn't just come out and say Hunter's lap- laptop was real when there was this push to censor that message in the lead up to the 2020 election. Listen to this, this uh, exchange, clip six. Why didn't the FBI just say, hey, the, 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 the laptop's real? As you might imagine, we have to be very careful about what we can say, especially in the middle of uh, an election season. So if it's an election season, then we just lie. We just lie about it. We cover up the truth. That's the way we operate. What a, what a stunning admission. Why, why didn't you, in hindsight, looking back on what we now know, all these intel officers that signed the sheet saying it's legit, it's, it's, it's not legit, it's Russian disinformation. Remember, it's got all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. Instead, these guys, these law enforcement officials were spreading disinformation. And when Donald Trump comes back, when he campaigns on the promise that he's going to come back and clean house, no wonder people cheer. Look at what these, these people have gotten away with. It wasn't just morning meltdown and CNN reacting the way that you saw to Trump's town hall last night with Hannity. And, and by the way, as I've said, with some of those uh, hosts at, at Fox News, I think they're beginning to come around a little bit. They, they see what's obvious to so many others. He's going to be the nominee. He's going to square off with Joe Biden. Anyway, the headlines following that town hall. Trump deflects questions on retribution and lawbreaking at town hall. That's from the New York Times. He's obfuscating. <laughs> He's deflecting, rather. He's deflecting questions. CNN says this, Trump sidesteps question when asked if he plans to abuse power if reelected. Look at all of the power abuses that have been going on the last 15 years. These people know the the tables are about to turn. It's like Victor Davis Hanson says. I mean, they're, they're terrified. They're terrified at being held to the same standard that they've been holding their political opponents to. An unlawful, ungodly standard, we should add. Rolling Stone, it says, Trump to Hannity on whether he'll abuse power as president. And then they include this shrug emoji. No big deal. I'm going to be a dictator. Let's move on to the next question. (laughs) This is the way these people think. This is the way these people reason. They're... I mean, the example of will worship, which we talk about a lot on this show as well. You can read more about that in the second chapter of Colossians. But it's on full display. Will worship. Forget about the long laundry list of crimes committed by Hunter and Joe and and Jim and the family and getting money from the CCP. What what was it? The the Moscow... He said it last night in the the town hall. Trump was saying, look, I I told you years ago that this guy was taking money from uh, the mayor of Moscow, his wife. I think that was uh, I think that was number three. Try clip three. 
Here's the thing. We already know what would happen under a Trump presidency. Why? Because he's already been president. Lower taxes, stronger growth, a secure border, peace in the Middle East, new trade deals, energy independence, and a push to reform our bloated bureaucracy. Uh, There was no dictatorship. We did not lose our constitutional rights. We did not go to war. The people who hate Donald Trump, they simply have been and continue to lie to you. Now, it's Joe Biden who has been using the justice system, his DOJ, to inflict retribution against his political rivals. And it's Joe Biden who called Donald Trump's supporters a, quote, threat to America. Uh, The very guy that says MAGA Republican. Oh, making America great is somehow bad. And it's Joe Biden who is leading this country into the brink of yet another possible war. And that's why Donald Trump is now beating Joe Biden in almost every major poll. That wasn't the clip I was thinking of, but there's Hannity giving a pretty, pretty strong defense of Donald Trump and his policies. Who's the real dictator here? You get more and more of these talking heads throwing their support behind Donald Trump. He's already in one poll. He's 10 points ahead of Biden. Trump is. As he said last night in the town hall, they're, they are, they're afraid of me the most. <laughs> you've, got these, you've got Democrat operatives that are now throwing money into the Nikki Haley campaign, of all things. Liz Cheney's out there. She's saying, I might run if it peels away votes from Trump. And then Democrat, not just Republican, the big, the big Republican donors, but Democrats now too. Anything to stop Trump, like I said on yesterday's show. I mean, they've got the 7,000-word essay in the Washington Post with, with Trump, with a picture of Trump connected together with Julius Caesar. They're calling for anything and everything. Everything's on the table to take him out. And you see it in the way they, they talk. This, this clip where he mentions the Biden crime family taking all those millions from Russia, from China, This was clip four. We have a man that can't put two sentences together. We have a man that doesn't know he's alive and he's backed up by the media. The biggest problem we have, the media, the media is fake. I came up with the term a long time ago and they won't talk about it. Let me ask you this. If I did some of the things that he did, they'd reinstitute the death penalty. Okay, they don't want to talk about it. When he gets paid three and a half million dollars from the mayor of Moscow's wife, when I brought it up at a debate and Chris Wallace was moderating. How's he doing, by the way? Not too good. Chris Wallace, whatever happened to Chris Wallace? And I said, why is he getting three and a half million dollars? I want to ask him that question. And Chris Wallace interceded because Joe didn't know he was alive. And so Chris Wallace interceded and he said, Then he said, you shouldn't be asking that. And now it's a big subject. And I talked about it literally three years ago. Covered it up three years ago, Chris Wallace and company. And they're still covering it up today. You heard it on Morning Meltdown just today. Just today. It's a false narrative established by this man. None of it's true. The, The Biden family, pure as the driven snow. No crimes there. No bribery. No pay to play. Nothing on the lap, no, no sex trafficking. Only, only thing they'll concede is that, yeah, he was a crack addict, the son. That's it. And they should win sympathy because of this. Because the, they had a drug addict in the family. They love him. He loves them. 
all of these crimes. Yes, the people cheer. Yes, the people cheer when the one-day dictator says, we're going to stop the invasion at the southern border. And we're, we're going to go back to being energy independent. This was a really interesting and some would say revealing exchange uh, last night between Donald Trump and uh, Sean Hannity, clip number five. Earlier today, Joe Biden, I'm sure he mumbled the words as usual. Yeah. He said, he said this, if Trump wasn't running, I'm not sure I'd be running, he said at a campaign event today. How do you how do you react to that? Well, I think somebody gave him a talking point. They thought that would sound good. You know, I just found out that Democrats are funding Nikki Haley's campaign. I hear that Democrats are contributing to Ron DeSantis's or Ron DeSanctimonious to Ron DeSantis's campaign. And then you hear the talking points. That's the only thing they're good at, cheating on elections and great talking points. They say, we want to run against Trump. They want to run. Well, we did really well in 2016, and we did so much better in 2020. The person they don't want to run against is us. It's us. It's not me. It's us. Because it's a movement, the likes of which this country, Sean, has never seen before. You better be careful going into the election steal on Fox. Sean's going to have to come back with a disclaimer after that segment. But again, that's, that's getting out, that message there, it's getting out to a large audience. It was interesting, Hannity said there at the top, if Trump, this is from Biden, evidently it was yesterday at a campaign event. He said, if Trump wasn't running, I'm not sure I'd be running. So what a statement. So he's in it only to get Trump. That's what he's campaigning on. I've got to stop Trump. You would think if they're, as I've said on this show, if they were looking for a better candidate, that it would have happened by now, that he already would have stepped aside or said, I'm not going to run again. But I guess he and his handlers think that he's the only one capable of stopping Trump. And if it wasn't for Trump, he would step aside and give it to Kamala or give it to somebody else, maybe Newsom. It makes, it makes me wonder if they're stuck with him. It makes me wonder if they've waited too long. We've seen so many other areas. We've seen so many other attacks that have, that have backfired. You, you look at the polls and it's looking like it's a bigger and bigger lead with each passing day. This is why they're in, they're, they're in full-scale meltdown mode. This is why their heads are exploding. It happens every day. These people are going to have to check their blood pressure. They are so filled with rage. Nikki Haley. This is that story he referenced. Reed Hoffman, the billionaire co-founder of LinkedIn and a major Democratic donor, recently gave $250,000 to a super PAC supporting Miss Haley. The donation, which has been... Uh, which has not been previously reported, was confirmed by Dimitri Melhorn, a political advisor to Hoffman. So Hoffman's now chipping in. He's the, the client from Jeffrey Epstein days. Good, good Epstein client. Now he's looking to help Nikki Haley. I noticed, by the way, that uh, RFK admitted on uh, Jesse Waters that he traveled on Epstein's plane twice. So he's admitted it. He probably knows something that we don't know, that eventually that 
All that information is going to see the light of day. So much corruption. So much filth. And no wonder, as I say, no wonder the audience cheers when you, when you have someone when you have someone vowing to come in and to use his presidential authority to clean house. This is from the Trumpet magazine. Barack Obama's third term and fourth, this is just from a month or two ago, Obama's goal is to retain the presidency next year through Biden or some other means. It says Obama is also behind the lawfare designed to bar Trump from office. Again, who's the real dictator here? Who's using dictatorial power? It says here, a regime using armed agents to raid political opponents is a third world style dictatorship. That's what happened. The raid at Mar-a-Lago. Tucker's convinced that's the day that Trump won the nomination. People are sick of it. This abuse of power says here, yet this is how the Obama administration works. You obey the shadow president or you suffer the consequences. You either obey or you suffer. Where's the real dictatorship? That's Obama. What about the fake president? This was from Fox News, I think, uh, earlier today, clip seven. I can guarantee you, you won't see this in any stories and you will not hear this on any other networks. Joe Biden signed more executive orders and actions in his first 100 days, including multiple executive orders and actions on day one than Trump or Obama or George W. Bush. So, so much for the whole dictator thing. More executive orders than, than even Obama, the dear leader. That's, uh, that's your fake president. That's the puppet. Obama, of course, is pulling the strings. All the wars that have <laughs> exploded around the world since, since the fake president was installed, like Ukraine. Tucker had some, uh, some comments on that in his latest posting. This is clip 11. We were told at the beginning that our support would allow Ukraine to beat Russia and keep Russia from invading the rest of Europe or something. Well, almost two years in, none of that has turned out to be true. Ukraine is not going to beat Russia. The only person who's been beaten in this is the United States. The U.S. is weaker, measurably weaker, because of our support for Ukraine in this war. That's just true. The verdict is in. And whatever you think about a U.S. support for Ukraine over this conflict that's gone on now two years, he's absolutely right about the U.S. being measurably weaker two years on. And there's, I know there's views on who's winning, if Russia's making advances or Ukraine's making advances or they're at a stalemate. But this is another example of our strength being spent in vain. We've seen that going on for decades. All of this power, this military might, all of this money. And what is it accomplishing? What is it actually accomplishing or doing? Yes, the audience applauds. The audience, they want something different than what they're seeing. Where's the real dictatorship? Another article we had, this is from March 2021. This is all in the trumpet. This particular issue happens to have a nice coffee stain right in the middle. It's now, it's now a collector's item, let's say. <laughs> if you want a free one-year subscription, 
to the Trumpet magazine, the 800 number. It's 1-866-930-3024. From March 2021, it says, Joe Biden's inauguration was the culmination of a massive deep state plot to destroy Donald Trump and empower Biden's boss, Barack Obama. I heard some other commentary recently just talking about, we made the point yesterday on the show, I believe, how that this kind of language now, this, this terminology, you just hear it in the, the normal political discourse today. The deep state, a deep state plot. Donald Trump's the one that started all that, talking about the deep state, the swamp. It says here, after the radical left stuffed ballot boxes with fraudulent ballots, rigged election machines, compromised the vote counting and monitoring processes, exacerbated or helped stage a Capitol riot to discredit President Trump, and colluded with media and tech executives to silence their critics, they began the final stage of the coup d'etat against the legitimate elected government of the United States. They moved to impeach President Trump again. That was back in March 2021. This was right after the sham impeachment following Mr. Mr. Trump's departure from office. But the attacks haven't stopped. As he noted last night, the lawfare, the indictments, the felony charges. Who's the real dictator? Well, it's obvious. It's obvious. And you see, you see why they really are panicking the way that they are because they know that if they lose their dictator, then the truth, the truth is going to be made known. He represents a threat to their hold on power and they'll do anything as I covered yesterday. Go back and watch that podcast if you, if you didn't see it, but they will do. We went through that 7,000 word uh, Washington Post piece where they liken Trump with the graphic to Julius Caesar. What are they suggesting? They'll do anything, anything, to destroy Donald Trump. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is The Trumpet Daily. If you'd like to email the show, you can reach us, td at thetrumpet.com. Don't forget, if you're at the Rumble channel, even as we speak, make sure that you give us the Rumble thumbs up. We'll be right back. Freedom is one of the most sought-after ideals in human history. Man's search for freedom has taken him into the fiercest of protests, struggles, revolutions, civil wars, and even world wars. Today, in the midst of free societies, many continue to fight for what they perceive as ever greater freedoms. And yet, many of these same people are actively fighting against law. Few people understand that this war against law actually undermines true freedom. To learn more, request Gerald Flurry's booklet, No Freedom Without Law. In this free booklet, you will see what the Bible says about the latter-day spirit of rebellion and lawlessness that is now so common in our nations today. Also request America Under Attack. In this booklet, you will learn more about the spirit behind this attack on law. You'll see where this is leading. Both booklets are offered freely at no cost or obligation to you. Request No Freedom Without Law and America Under Attack. 
Email your request to td at kpcg.fm or visit thetrumpet.com. Yesterday on the show, we talked about the pleasure that you receive from learning, learning new things from study. Thomas Jefferson, that remark was made about him in a biography, that he came to know the pleasure of study. I mentioned also the latest Royal Vision, I think it's the January-February issue, where we've got all of this material, this content, uh, the headline, I should have brought it with me, but the headline on the cover, Stop and Think, Selah, that's the word you see throughout the Psalms, that means exactly that. This is something that we want to stop and ponder on for a moment and really bottom it out and really get to the depth of it. That issue of Royal Vision also has an article about teaching your children to think and how that they need to, uh, to love uh, learning. I don't know, what is it with me today? I'm dropping everything. <laughs> Fumble fingers. I don't think there's any butter or anything on my fingertips. In any event, these are my notes. I gotta, I gotta be careful with these notes so I can stay on course here. If you'll, uh, if you'll look at 2 Timothy 3, if you have a Bible, please do read along with some of these scriptures. I was asking the, the students this morning in class, they just turned in their term papers, uh, and I asked them, how, much, how many of you just enjoyed the study? And, and uh, I was really pleasantly surprised by the responses. A lot of hands went up. You know how it is. You're busy at college, and sometimes you can kind of dread all of the time and the work that you have to put in on any given subject. But here they are writing term papers on, on doctrines of the church, teachings that you prove from the Bible. And a couple of them mentioned just how much they appreciate the simplicity of God's truth and how that when you get in and kind of consider the false doctrine that maybe is more commonly believed in the world today and how that you really have to go through all of these, <laughs> these gymnastic moves just to put, put something together and still there's contradictions. But not so with God's truth. Brad McDonald, he's one of uh, the college administrators here on campus who encouraged our young people when they went off to uh, the Thanksgiving break to just really try to make that, that break, quote unquote, uh, productive. And uh, as he said, we need to almost give a, a new definition to that term because most people just assume that it means kick back, you know, watch the football games, take it easy, don't really do any difficult uh, thinking or study. And he said, go away and, and use your Thanksgiving break. Challenge yourself to, to grow during that period. You, as he said, you've got, a lot of you've got term papers coming up. You've got some pretty big assignments. You don't wanna just let five days or so go to waste. This is from, uh, from 2 Timothy 3 and verse 15, and I'll just read this from the Amplified Version. It does kind of <laughs> greatly enlarge the length of this, uh, this verse. But it's a wonderful verse about Timothy and his childhood. You can read along in the King James there on the screen. But it says here, And how from your childhood you have had a knowledge of and been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to instruct you 
and give you the understanding for salvation, which comes through faith in Christ Jesus. And then it says in brackets, that is through the leaning, the leaning of the entire human personality on God in Christ Jesus in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness. God just wants us to totally lean on him and his truth. How much more so in this age of deception and lies? We, we, the Bible talks about being nourished up on God's truth. Growing up, I'll read some verses uh, on that here in Ephesians in just a second. But we need nourishment. We need to be on a daily diet of God's truth so that we can understand and know the truth, so that we can get at God's perspective. I was covering in class this morning a lecture on the Holy Spirit, God's power, and how that it's through the power of God that we receive, as Peter said, the divine nature. I mean, just meditating on that for a moment. Selah. Stop and think. The divine nature of God? What exactly is God doing? Well, he's doing what he said in the very, the very first chapter of the Bible. He's doing what he said he would do. He is reproducing himself, his character, his nature, his livelihood, his everything. And it all starts in the smallest of ways. Receiving the Spirit of God, the Spirit joining together with our human spirit or testifying together. Romans 8, verse 16. And then if we're led by that Spirit, it says it right in the same passage. We're, we're the children of God. It leads right into birth in God's family. So we don't want to waste our precious time. We don't want to fill our minds with garbage. Garbage in, garbage out, as the saying goes. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I mean, eventually, eventually it's going to show itself. What we're, what we're holding on to in our hearts, what we're putting into our minds. Timothy really did. He really did fill up on God's truth, and this is why he was such a, an effective assistant, a young one at that, for the Apostle Paul in that latest royal vision on teaching your children to think. Mr. Hilliker says here, we need to nurture within our children a love of learning, the Christian life is an exciting life of learning. Yes, it is. Indeed, it is. This is what the Christian life is all about. The Worldwide Church of God used to have a, a correspondence lesson that went by the title, Salvation is Education. This whole world is about to be re-educated in the truth of God. Educated the way Timothy was educated. It says here, encourage this in your children right from the beginning. After all, God wants to use them to help teach the world someday soon. We're teachers. Herbert Armstrong talks about this in the, the sixth chapter of Mystery of the Ages. I'll try not to knock something down again. Mystery of the Ages. This was the last work of Mr. Armstrong's life. And you know why he felt compelled to write this, even when he was practically blind? Because he saw how deceived the world is, the traditional Christian world even, about the so-called contest or tug of war between God and, and the devil. 
and how that God, the way it's represented in the churches of today, how that God is desperately trying to save a few souls before it's too late. But in this so-called contest, as Mr. Armstrong brings out in the opening pages of Mystery of the Ages, Satan's obviously winning. That's the way he's portrayed in the world of traditional Christianity. The devil is portrayed exactly the way he wants to be portrayed, as someone who's who's defeating God and his purpose and plan. The devil is not winning. As Revelation 12 says, the devil knows his time is short. His time is about over. His time on the throne of this earth. It was God's purpose for him to leave him on that throne for these 6,000 years of human civilization being cut off from God, cut off from the tree of life. You can see it in the last few verses of Genesis 3. Read it. And so man, his systems of education, of government, of, of <clears throat> religion even, they've been cut off from God. It's just a, a Babylon of confusion. That's in Revelation 18. So the whole world's going to be re-educated. Re-educated God's way. Education with vision. Coming back to this article on teaching your children, Mr. Hilliker says here, be sure they are reading and reading high-quality books. I mean, it's not just about studying the Bible only, but this is the foundation. This is the foundation of our studies. They should be reading high-quality books, great biographies, histories, historical fiction, classic literature, books that excite the mind and stir the imagination. Reading is so important. We need to inspire our children to love it. Reading is so important. Study is so important. As I was telling the students last week, I mean, if you're, if you're not really into reading and study, how are you going to be excited about searching the scriptures daily like the Bereans did in Acts 17? If you're not really priding yourself in, in becoming a good student, that's what Mr. Hilliker says in this piece, that all of our young people, those of us in the church, they should be model students. They shouldn't be getting D's and F's. If they, if they are, then something needs to change. And in a hurry, get them excited about learning so that when their minds convert to the truth at baptism and the laying on of hands, they'll be really excited about studying the Bible. Now, there, there have been plenty of instances down through the years where someone who never really was educated much, even in, you know, the three R's, <laughs> the basics, had their minds open to the truth and then came along into the church and, and really did catch fire, so to speak, and become a studier. I mean, you, you can change, even later in life, you can change and, and develop a more voracious appetite for, for study and learning. But how important is it for parents to set those little minds on the right track and to get them excited from the earliest years on about learning and understanding and wisdom and knowledge? Obviously, we have to be directed in, in uh, the right knowledge. Solomon said of the making of books, you know, there's no end. Just all, there's information all over the place. And a lot of it's worthless. 
But you receive some direction, like uh, Timothy did from Paul and from his mother and grandmother, some good direction, godly direction. Look at what happens in the end. Ephesians 6 and verse 4, it says, And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up, bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Bring them up. Rear them up in, in maturity. Teach them how to become a responsible uh, adult who loves learning and growing. This is, again, what the Christian life is all about. That word nurture means to instruct or education, training. And the word admonition, it comes from a, a root word meaning intellect, understanding, the mind, thought. Listen to this translation. This is the Revised Standard. It says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the eternal. I mean, in, in education today, I mean, it's been almost entirely stripped of discipline. In fact, we used to call it that, a field of study. It was a discipline. It's easy to just view discipline as, you know, correction. But study, if your mind is right, if, if your approach to education is right, that's a discipline as well. The child room booklet that we send out um, talks about the importance of just establishing discipline in the life of that little child, that toddler, because you're preparing them for school later where they're going to be told to sit still and to listen and focus. And it's going to take listening and focusing. It's going to take concentration to become a good homework uh, studier or to complete homework assignments. Anyway, I better cut it short. I do, I do have just a little bit more information on this subject that I think we can maybe conclude with tomorrow that would include just marking up your books and, uh, and that section in Hebrews 5 about how that we're called to be teachers. That point was made in Mr. Hilliker's piece as well. But unfortunately, we're out of time for today's show. The fastest moving hour in broadcasting. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We thank you for joining us on today's show, and we'll see you again tomorrow.